Blog Talk Radio. Hello, and welcome to Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books. I'm your host, Bernadette <laughs> Walsh, and I'm so pleased that everyone could join me this evening. I'm here with Tana Fensky. Tana is the USA Today bestselling author of humorous fiction, risque romance, and heartwarming, heartwarming love stories with a quirky twist. Her titles include <laughs> Captain Dreamboat and The Last. So welcome, Tana, to Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books. How are you this evening? I'm great. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, well, thanks for joining me. I know this is a busy time of the year, what with holiday shopping and everything else. So I really do appreciate that you could carve out some time for me. So why don't we get started with maybe, I know that you have um, had have a lot of titles out there. Maybe you could tell us about how you started writing and how long you have been writing. Gosh, um, excuse me. I um, So I started as a journalist uh, in my younger years and then kind of segued into marketing, but it wasn't until I was probably in my mid-20s, and I'm 45 now, um, that my b- book club that I was a part of, we decided to read a, uh, a romance novel by a rather famous romance novelist at the time, and uh, I'm not going to name names, but I remember just thinking, this is this is actually not very good. And if this can get published, I can. And it was a whole lot easier said than done. It turned out to be quite a lot more challenging, not just the writing, but the actual get, getting published process. I went through um, a few different different cycles of uh, writing different books and getting a request for revisions. The first book I sold was actually to Silhouette Bombshell, which uh, I don't know if you are familiar with that, but it was like a women's action adventure line. And it mm-hmm. was... Um, it was canceled one month before my scheduled debut. So I found myself out on my butt with this, this writ book written and another book that I'd written as a follow-up and just like, Oh, I guess I have to rethink things here. So, and it was a couple of years beyond that after I signed with an agent and she was able to get me my first deal. And that was, that came out back in 2011. Okay. So, um, so you've been writing pretty steadily since 2011. Is that right? Yeah, I've got about 30 romantic comedies out now, I think. I've, I've actually lost count. Wow, 30. That's a that's a pretty impressive in such a small amount of, you know, relatively short amount of time. Now, are most do most of your books have some humor element to them? Yeah, I write pretty strictly a romantic comedy, and I kind of run the gamut from, like, um, some of my, like the last you mentioned, that's a, one of my erotic romantic comedies, so super steamy. Uh, and then on the opposite end of the spectrum are the ones that are kind of more women's fiction titles, um, like About That Fling and Now That It's You was my Rita finalist a couple of years ago. Those are more in the ballpark of like, say, Kristen Higgins or kind of that straddling that women's fiction slash um, romance genre. Mm-hmm. And so... Um... That's interesting. So you you do um, kind of women's fiction, humor, I guess, kind of is the thread that goes through all your books, it sounds like. And then and then you exactly. also do some, some of the hotter stuff. Now, is there a difference in terms of how you use the humor for your hotter titles as opposed to maybe your women's fiction? 
Not a lot, no. Um, I, you know, I look for always ways to find funny things in just awkward, quirky ways. So sometimes in the in the hotter stuff, the erotic romantic comedies, the humor might be in the actual sex scene, and in some of the more women's fiction esque titles, it's in other scenes. But um, it's yeah. I mean, I, there's always a flow to it between all right, something's got to be funny here, something's got to be poignant, something's got to be sexy, and sometimes you combine all three. And so, um, what? Maybe you could talk about like what type of heroes that you're attracted to. I know that you, um, I saw some of the covers of your books and, and they, they do look very, um, very hot. Um, are there particular things that common themes in any of your heroes? You know, I do tend to write, um, and I, there are some exceptions, but I tend to write a little bit more beta. Like I don't write a lot of, you know, chest thumping alpha male kind of things, although that, that I do have some exceptions to that. I've got a few military guys, but even those are always kind of, yeah, nobody's dragging the heroine around by her hair and, and, you know, I don't write that kind of domineering sort of guy as as often Mm -hmm. as I think some people do. But um, yeah, I run the gamut too from, like I said, military guys to, uh, I have a, an indie series called the Ponderosa Resort series and all of it's centered around a family that um, there's, one father that ties these adult siblings together um, and he was kind of a dad kind of got around. And so he has all these adult children with a a bunch of different wives. And so they're kind of getting to know each other because uh, dad dies and leaves them with this, uh, this ranch that they decide to turn into a resort together. So they're both starting this resort and also getting to know one another in the wake of their, their father's death. And so each of those siblings comes from a different background. So there's an attorney who's now the CEO of the resort resort. There's the guy who uh, at the heart of haughty lumberjack is one of the titles. And he's, he's more the ground maintenance guy. So everybody has a different, it comes out. There's a chef, chef sugar lips. So the, the series kicks off with stud muffin Santa and then chef sugar lips, uh, Sergeant sexy pants, haughty lumberjack. They're all kind of quirky titles like that. Um, and so, yeah, the, and, all those heroes come from completely different walks of life, but they're tied together by DNA and the fact that they just inherited their father's ranch. Wow. And how many books are in that title, in that series? Oh, gosh. Um, let's see. There are the eighth one comes out in January. Uh, two of those are novellas. The one coming out in January is a novella, and all the rest are um, just standard length novels. But, yeah, eight, number Snowbound Squeeze comes in January, and that'll be number eight. And so are, do you have a lot of series or do you, because I know you have a lot of titles out or do you mix, you know, single title with series? Uh, there's a good mix. So I write all my series books as standalone so you can pick up at any point anywhere. But um, yeah, I've got, gosh, um, the front and center stuff. I've got three or four series with Entangled and then my indie series. Um, and then quite a few standalones. I've got another um, single title coming out in, February called the two date rule and it's um it's that one's with entangled also that's a big mass market um mass market one that's got a pretty killer release release I'm excited about the number of copies that they're printing of that one but that one's about a woman who uh, has her reasons she only dates uh each guy uh no more than twice she has a personal rule about that and uh, the smoke jumper who steals her heart wow and so when you write series do you know in the beginning like yes this is going to be an eight book series or is it more organic do you kind of just see where the stories take you 
Yeah, good question. It depends. If it's a traditional uh, release, like with a you know Source Books or Montlake or Entangled, um, then usually yeah, it's a it's a contract, and I know at the outset how many there are going to be. Although, um, like my Front and Center series was one that kicked off several years ago. That's a the military based one, Marine for Hire, Fiance for Hire, Best Man for Hire. Uh, that one initially was going to be a three book series, and then. Um, there was one character that just really jumped out and demanded his own book. So that one, we ended up signing for a fourth book on that one. Um, but other series like the, the um, Ponderosa series, my indie one, that one I kind of didn't know at the outset. In fact, it was, I had never had any interest in self-publishing and indie publishing until um, I ended up with, I had been writing for Montlake and I think I was on my fifth or sixth book with them. And they asked me to do a novella during a gap in my schedule where I had planned to do like a full length, you know, 90,000 word women's fiction title. So I ended up with this unexpected couple month gap in my schedule. And I was like, well, you know what? I've been wanting to write a holiday read, but it was too late in the year to do it traditionally. And I thought, well, I'll just dip a toe in the water with trying to write a, um, just my own little holiday kind of short thing. And that was, that became uh, stud muffin Santa, which is what kicked off the, the Ponderosa series. And it's not, now got eight books in it. So, um, and I, I actually don't know the end point for that one. I, it seems like read each one seems to do better than the one before it. So it's continuing to pick up steam and I'll just keep going as long as readers are interested. And well, that's interesting. And so what have you found um, have been some of the challenges in terms of self-publishing and, and what are some of the things that you've liked about it? I really, I, like I said, I was so adamantly opposed to it. I didn't want to have to do all my own marketing. I, you know, I wanted to be able to focus on writing the books and that kind of thing. But that right. said, I have a background in marketing. So, you know, it's kind of, it makes sense to be able to do some of that. And a lot of the things that scared me at the outset, like the idea of formatting, I don't know anything about formatting or, um, you know, some of the, the specific things about, well, how do you upload a book to Amazon or those things turned out not to be as daunting as I expected them to. So, um, I, the, the part I thought I would like the least, the control and the, the, you know, that kind of thing is actually has turned out to be what I like. And I I really love that, you know, I can look ahead and go, okay, I've got a gap in my publishing schedule during this period. I can launch some sort of promotion or I can do something to make sure I don't see a significant gap in income during that stretch. Right. Well, I feel like they've made um, self-publishing easier. You know, the technology has kind of caught up with it and, um, I started off with a publisher. I started off with Lyrical Press, and then um, that was taken over several years ago by Kensington. Um, and then mm-hmm. I, I kind of jumped on the the um, indie bandwagon, which maybe I shouldn't have. Uh-huh. So I got my books back from Kensington, and in some <laughs> ways, maybe I should have stayed on. But I kind of like you know drank the Kool Aid there. So I've self published since then, and it's been somewhat mixed because I th- I love. The, I love the freedom of writing whatever I feel like writing. And I've kind of jop, mm-hmm. uh, jumped around genres. I've done paranormal romance. I've done um, a contemporary, you know, humorous romance. And I've done a lot of more pure women's fiction. And I think I'm kind of mm-hmm. leaning more towards the women's fiction end. But, but you know, obviously, um, so I think the technical side, I think they've kind of made easy for us. I have someone who formats my books. I get um, somebody who does my covers. And it's easy enough to upload. I think where I'm struggling is the marketing aspect and having the time mm-hmm. and the expertise to market. Um, so that's, 
you know, like I said, I, I, I still am thinking about maybe trying to go with a publisher at some point and maybe I'm finishing off a, um, a series, a contemporary paranormal series. Um, and I think once I finish that, I may think about maybe my next book, contemplate getting back into the traditional publishing. But I think having a mix, I mean, so many, so many authors mm-hmm. now do, you know, kind of take the best of both worlds. And it sounds like that's what you've done as well. So I, um, yeah, Entangled is really big on working with hybrid authors, those of us who continue to do both. And I, I really like that about them, that they work around my indie schedule. And, and in fact, mm-hmm. often we'll kind of work on promotions so that we're, you know, I'm, I will make sure that I'm, I'm pimping my books with them and they're giving me opportunities to pimp my indie stuff with, for, with them. So I think that works out pretty well. But, I, you know, one thing I actually want to can, – can I ask you a question? I've sure. heard that women's fiction is – more challenging to market or to sell in the indie world like series I, what I've found in the indie world is the series just kicks ass and I have heard that the women's fiction stuff is a lot more challenging to market as an indie do you find that to be the case well I find marketing overall <laughs> to be difficult as an indie, <laughs> I think probably um, and also you know I, women's fiction kind of runs the gamut right you have women's fiction that's really close to contemporary romance and it's, you know, maybe a little lighter and then you have really dark women's fiction. I think a lot of my titles are really um, more dark, although I have written some humorous and there's sometimes humorous elements in parts of it. I deal with kind of heavy topics like my last book, Johnny Be Good, which was my last full length was, you know, it dealt like with alcoholism. um, It dealt with divorce. It dealt with, you know, mother daughter relationships so it's kind of heavy stuff. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I kind of, I kind of take the view as I write what I want to write and what calls me at that time. And if it finds an audience, great. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. I mean, I'm not paying my bills by doing this. I mean, I hope to maybe someday, mm-hmm. but, um, <laughs> but that's kind of where I've gone with it. I, I actually, mm-hmm. um, the last few books that I've written have been very dark, you know, these family, you know, sagas and dealing with really kind of meaty, meaty topics and so mm-hmm. when I after I finished Johnny Be Good because it, I it took me like two years to write it and it was really it took a lot out of me it was a very personal book and so I said you know what I'm going to go back to paranormal romance I'm going to try and do something a little lighter so uh so I started See Me which is a book I released over the summer and that was going to be a novella it's going to be like quick and kind of cleanse the palate but of course it became very dark <laughs> and <laughs> <laughs> So I think, you know, I think that's where my voice has been, um, you know, lately. So and still like, you know, again, there's some funny elements, but it's, it's pretty meaty. It's about a woman who's, who's um, the love of her life dies. And she's, you know, she has magical powers that she's kind of repressed most of her life. And he comes, you know, she goes to this, you know, PTA meeting, you know, like when those PTA fundraisers where they had a psychic mm-hmm. and the psychic brought back, back her ex, you know, her ex-boyfriend who she didn't even know was dead. And so he kind of takes residence in her home and back in her heart. So, um, so that, again, that was, <laughs> it was a fun book to read, to write, but it was definitely a little darker. So I guess the long-winded answer is, I think you're probably right. I think it is harder to find uh, an audience as an indie published uh, women's fiction writer, but you know, mm-hmm. I have hope that people will find me. So we'll see. <laughs> you know, it's, it's interesting. You touch on like some of the dark topics, and that's one thing that you know a lot of reviewers comment about. You know, my romantic comedies are not as like 
I'm staring at my bookshelf right now. So Let It Breathe was one of my women's fiction-esque ones. And it's a romantic comedy about infidelity and alcoholism and divorce. And like my read a finalist a couple of years ago starts right off with a guy dying in the opening chapter. And a lot of that is about um, grief and infidelity. And it's a, a woman who discovers that her, her the fiance she broke up with years ago, she goes to see him in the hospital to make amends and he has dropped dead. And so the story kind of picks up from there, but I mean, this is a romantic comedy. So it's, it's, I think a lot of people are taken aback that, that the topics in my books do tend to be sometimes kind of heavy, but I find ways to make those funny. And I guess that's sort of the shtick that I'm best known for. Well, I think a lot of, you know, I, I think the romance and, and women's fiction writers as a whole don't get enough credit for the fact that we actually do touch on pretty meaty subjects because that's what women's lives are. I mean, I think a lot of times our books reflect ourselves and things that we mm-hmm. or people in our lives have, 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 you know, dealt with. I mean, it, the, mm-hmm. the stories have to come from somewhere. And so I think people who don't read romance and women's fiction don't really give us enough credit. And I think for a lot of our books, if there was a man's name on the title, you know, it wouldn't be called women's fiction. It would just be fiction. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, uh-huh. but, you know, I, and, and I think there's been a lot of, um, authors who've kind of argued about that, right. That women's fiction, don't, yeah. we, we don't get our full <laughs> say. And, and, you know, look, I, I think for, for me, I'm, I think, I think I'm trying to carve out a place where I can and, and write what, what feels true to me. And, you know, again, if it finds a market, it finds a market. But, um, but I think mm-hmm. it's very interesting that you say that you deal with these meaty topics and do it with a light touch. Cause I think people don't realize that writing funny, writing humorous actually is an art, right. And you have to know, you know, it, it's not easy to do, right. It may look easy mm-hmm. and it may feel easy to read, but it's actually not, easy to do very well. And so have you mm-hmm. always been, um, you know, attracted to, to, to humor? Like, have you, you know, and, and what are some of the challenges? Like do, the roadblocks, do you ever sometimes go through a, um, a chapter and be like, oh, well, this is, you know, how do you draw the line of being funny and then just being like not too sticky, but staying true to the characters? You know, it's, um, there are times where I'll find myself writing stuff and like, this isn't funny at all. And, you know, I, after this many books, I've learned to be patient with myself and know that it's not always going to come out super funny on the first try that, um, Mm -hmm. sometimes it's just a matter of layering that in after the fact or, and then other times I'll just be writing a scene and suddenly something hilarious will pop out of it and I'll run with it. But, um, yeah, I think I've, but I think the biggest thing I've learned in this many books is just trusting the process and the process doesn't look the same every single time. So some books might just flow out and like my fingers can't type fast enough to, to keep up with the thoughts and other times it's just like dragging it out. And okay, how do I make this funny? And how do I make, or how do I make this poignant or how do I make this mean something? Um, and I can never predict which book it's going to be like. It's yeah. all kind of magical, right? It's it, it comes out as right. it comes out, right? And sometimes you can't yeah. control it. Like you know, my my supposedly light, funny, you know, see me turned into this dark, <laughs> very fancy <laughs> you know, book. But I think you have to, you know, look. I think your your voice goes to a certain place, and and maybe you have to follow it. You know, maybe now yeah. maybe you could talk a little bit about um about your writing process. Do you uh, do you have any um you know 
people that you work with? Are you part, I, I assume you're part of RWA, um, but mm-hmm. maybe you could just give people a sense of, of, you know, what your process is like. Yeah, I mean, it depends on the book. So with um, when it's a contracted book and I'm, you know, my agent sold it on proposal, then I usually have to have like a complete synopsis that makes sense and, and like I actually think through the book ahead of time. When I'm doing my indie books, I'll usually – I'll, my my process that's like okay cool I mean this is gonna happen the first chapter and this and, the, and this this is gonna happen the second chapter and then oh look a squirrel and I you know kind of wander <laughs> off and and don't actually plot the whole thing out I just start going um, so it sort of depends on yeah which way I'm approaching it which type of book it is um, whether I plot or or not ahead of time but um, once I've finished a draft then it goes out to one or two critique partners um, who kind of beat it up a little bit. And then if it's a traditionally published book, it'll go to my agent and then my editor, or um, sometimes we'll, if we're in a hurry, we'll go right to the editor. Um, if it's an indie book, then it goes to the editor that I hire um, and kind of cycle through the process there. And then um, this, my street team is always kind of my last line of defense. They're the ones who get advanced copies of books to review, but they also, every now and then I treat them as um, they, they, they kind of have a layer of beta readers in there too, that they're, uh, there's a few of them who are just super eagle-eyed. We'll catch typos at the last minute and they're really handy for that. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it, there's a lot of, there's copy editor and dev- developmental editor and there's a lot of a lot of people in the mix regardless of whether it's a traditionally published or an indie book mm-hmm. now do you uh, do you write under a pen name do how much do people in your real life know about your life as a romance writer we're pretty wide open it's my real name and um there's no secrets i have so i've had the same I'm the part-time PR and communications manager for my city's tourism bureau, which is a fancy way of saying that I get paid to take journalists out to drink beer and snowshoe. Um, but I, so I do that three days a week, and mm-hmm. they uh, they hired me right before my first uh, rom-com came out, and they knew right up front what I do, and nobody had a problem with it. In fact, the, uh, they were Googling me just to see, like, okay, what does she write? What's her brand? What how can she, you know, what is her social media marketing like? And the first blog post that they pull up was one I had written about going to a grape stomp um, and researching for my book, Let It Breathe. And uh, the, the title on it was My Hole Got Plugged So My Jugs Aren't Full. And it was just a, it was, it was a reference to how things went wrong at this grape stomp. But it was like, all right, this is, this is Tana's brand, like it or leave it. Um, but we, we definitely keep kind of a separation of church and state. The fact that I write super risque humorous stuff um, can kind of play into my, you know, my branding and my writing at the day job. But for the most part, we keep them separate. Right. All right. Well, I had to write under a pen name because um, I have a very boring job with a financial institution. So I have let some people know about my, um, my life as a writer. And it's funny, I was at Uh a meeting and people were like, oh, you know, um, so-and-so using my real name, she writes children's books. I was like, no, no, these books are not for children. (laughs) 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 Do not let your kids click. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So some people know my (laughs) life. I don't tell too many people my pen name, but the secret has gone out. But, um, you know, I, I... most of the people in my real life know um, that I write, but it's funny. I don't like to impose my books on people. Like, you know, I have this mm-hmm. one friend, a really, really good friend. 
And she has said for years, she's like, oh, I can't believe I haven't, you know, I've been writing for like over 10 years now. And she said, oh, you know, I have to get to writing a book. And she would say this every time she saw me. I'd be like, you know what? It's okay. <laughs> like, if you want to write, mis- read mysteries, like, this is so personal. You know what I mean? I, I yeah. do not want people to write my, read my book if they don't want to. And in some ways, I've had people who are in my life who read the books and be like, oh, I never knew you did this in college. I was like, no, no, it's not about me. <laughs> <laughs> it's not <Nice>. about me <laughs> at all. <laughs> like my, I wrote one book, Friends Forever, which is based on a college in upstate New York, and that's where I went to college. And that's it. That's where it ends. And this one character did some really, you know, raunchy things in college. And I was like, no, <laughs> I, I didn't have that much fun in college. I wasn't that, that exciting. <laughs> it's fiction. It's called yeah, fiction. Yeah, it's fun. It, it's nice actually being interviewed by somebody who writes romance also, because what's what's the question that we always get from people who don't write romance or no like so what's the do you do you really do all of those things that you write about in your sex scenes or how do you research your sex scenes or like, <laughs> I was like that no. you're not gonna ask that <laughs> <laughs> well I'm, that I'm a lawyer in my day job and so my first two books actually my first book which was a contemporary romance and it was the humorous romance that was probably the book that was most like me uh the character you know was uh, you know, a mom who's a lawyer and all these terrible things happened to her, but she was like very funny. And so in some ways I could, I had a really hard time writing any of the sex scenes there because it was almost mm. like I was writing about myself. And that was a book that was actually through lyrical. And my editor was like, you know, we really can't call this a romance if they don't at least touch, you have to get over this. You have to write like <laughs> a sex scene. So I finally did. And I made it really funny. Like the woman was wearing spanks and you know, all that kind of stuff. And the spanks oh, were showing. And I had to make it funny because it was the only way I could do, you know, the romance part. But as soon as I stopped writing about lawyers and started writing about like other people, I was people who were just not as much like me. I kind of opened up and then I was able, you know, to write the hot stuff where I needed to. But it's, uh-huh. you know, it's, it's a journey. You know what I mean? It's definitely a journey. But yes, yeah, so I don't write books <laughs> for children. <laughs> I tell <laughs> I, I didn't have all these exciting things happen in my real life. So I actually don't mind that, you know, people in my real life don't read my books that much. My mom actually reads all my books and she is my harshest critic. And so a lot of times I will have her oh, be nice. my beta reader. Yeah. And she's, <laughs> she's really been very helpful. And to like the last one I wrote Johnny, because she's like, this one, this one's my favorite, but anyway, so, <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> so that was good. So um, so maybe we could talk a little bit about um, things that you do in terms of promotion and how much your maybe your publishers help you and, and how much they don't. You know, it depends on the release. So with the indie stuff, um, it, I've definitely found that the series just like one sells the next. So like um, I had a book bub deal, featured deal earlier this month for Stud Muffin Santa, which is the first in the Ponderosa Resort series. Um, and that. before I got into indie it seemed so weird to think about like the idea of giving a book away for free like why would I do that but I've discovered like those book bub deals I can get like 60,000 new downloads on a book in the series and instantly watch my sales like 10 times the sales on all the other books in the series because people will just go oh I want the whole thing Um, Mm -hmm. so I've, I've definitely found that like the free one of giving away one book for free in the indie series is what moves things. Um, on the traditional side, it's sometimes a little bit more what they do. Um, like this one, the two date rule that's coming out in February, 
that's got a pretty massive marketing budget behind it. And luckily I'm not going to have to do as much, you know, I'll, I'll go to do some book signings and, and uh, some things like that. And um, certainly social media and uh, basically do whatever they tell me, but it's a little bit less me driving the ship, which I'm kind of excited about. Um, one thing that's kind of fun, my husband is a video producer. And so he and I do, he'll do a lot of fun videos um, together. So they're like, if you go to my, search my name on YouTube, it'll come up with a lot of different quirky little videos that we've done um, to promote different books that I've done. So oh, that's, that's really fun. cool. Yeah, that's, <laughs> well, that's really, really cool. And, and videos, you know, there's so many things that what's the next new thing. And so um, a lot of times you see people's videos and they're kind of like hokey. But if you can have someone yeah. who does them professionally, like, wow, that's great. That's great. So it's, um, it's unfortunately, my husband's accountant. Help. <laughs> yeah, my husband can't really help with my romance writing, unfortunately. But, um, <laughs> Although the well, accounting, that'd be handy. Yes. Well, if I can get more sales, <laughs> then that would become handy <laughs> for sure. Um, so, you know, but hey. Um, so in terms of the re- – so you were Rita nominated. Um, when when was – what book was Rita nominated, and how did that impact your career? I've had a couple finals. Um, my first one was Now That It's You, and that was uh, two. Let's see. So that last year, um, I had a finalist with Stud, or uh, Sergeant Sexy Pants, and that was one of my indies. And then two years earlier was Now That It's You, and that was one of my women's fiction-esque ones. Um, mm-hmm. And it's nice. It's a cool pat on the back. I, with both of them, I sort of knew going in that I didn't stand a chance at winning. I'm, I'm, I'm not being all humble. It's like, I read the competition and I know that there are other books in this that are better than me. And it actually kind of took some of the pressure off because I could just go in and have a good time and be happy about having been a finalist. And that was, that was nice. So um, it, it didn't impact anything in terms of sales. I don't think editors care that much. It's just, it's a, probably more just a feather in my cap that makes me happy. But um, overall, I don't know that it's impacted my career all that much. Well, it's still a huge accomplishment. And I actually, I've never, uh, I never um, entered the Rita, but I decided to this year. See me. Yes. So I'm very like, fingers crossed, just in the, in the novella category. So we'll see. Oh, nice. Um, Yes. You know what? I just figured what the hell I'll give it a try. So, um, so it's, it's, it makes it a little bit more exciting. So, um, you know, when you're, you're like, Oh, you know, and again, I'm kind of like, you know, I looked at some of the, the winners from last year and the year before I was like, wow, there isn't like a chance, but you know what, you never know. It may connect uh-huh. with the, the judges and, you know, mm-hmm. and it'll give me a good reason yeah, to know, go to the RWA. And that's, that's the funny thing I found. So the two that were my finalists out of 30 books, they aren't the ones that I would have ever pinpointed for you. Like these are my best books. Um, so you really never know what's going to, What's going to roll judges' socks up? It's hard to tell. Yeah, yeah, we got it. It's kind of like buying a lottery ticket, right? You got to be in it to win it. So that's what exactly, I yeah. I did this year. So this, <laughs> this has been really great um, chatting with you. Uh, before we go, maybe you could just tell everyone where you can they can find you online, and also if you could just repeat your upcoming releases. Yeah, um, tanafenske.com, so it's T-A-W-N-A, Fenske, F-E-N-S-K-E, um, and probably, it's a, it's an, it's an co- uncommon enough name that I'm fairly easy to find, um, and right now, uh, Stud Muffin Santa, the first book in the Ponderosa series, is free on all retailers, I will keep that up probably through the end of the month at that, just the free price, so it's a good chance to just try something, um, 
upcoming releases, I've got, um, let's see, Snowbound Squeeze is a novella in that series that comes out in January. Um, and then the Two Date Rule comes out in February. And I'll be launching a new series a little bit later in the year and then another Ponderosa book. So and I've got several other contracts going. But, yeah, those are the two I mentioned, Snowbound Squeeze and the Two Date Rule are both up for pre-order already. Well, I love both those titles, the Snowbound Squeeze. That sounds really <laughs> great. And the, the Two Date Thank Rule you. sounds really, really good. So I can't wait to check that out. But anyway, Thank all right, you. well, yeah. Tana, yeah, Tana, thanks. Thank you so much. And um, please, you know, shoot me an email because I like to put on our Facebook fan page, uh, you know, what, what some of our authors are doing. So please keep in touch. And I really do appreciate you taking the time to speak with me today. Again, I know it's a busy time of the year, but, but it was really great to catch up and to hear what you were doing. So, so thanks again. Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me. All right, great. Well, thanks, everyone, for joining me. This is Bernadette Walsh of Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books. And I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.